Hello there and welcome back to Spilling the Paintwater. Happy New Year, first of all. Happy new episode of the brand new year. Hopefully this year is happier and healthy for you all. Now, my name is Chloe Rose and I'm a full-time artist on YouTube. So if you do enjoy this artsy podcast, please feel free to check out my YouTube channel, Chloe Rose Art, or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Art of Chloe Rose. Today I am joined by the queen of bullet journaling, Amanda Rachel Lee. Now, Amanda just hit 2 million subscribers on YouTube and has over 750,000 followers on Instagram. She's not only an incredibly talented and creative person. She's also a very smart businesswoman and has a lot of fantastic wisdom and advice to share in today's episode. If you want to find Amanda online, you can find her on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter as Amanda Rachley. And I really hope that you enjoy today's episode. So today I am joined with the lovely Amanda Rachley. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I know you're very, very busy and you're one of the most highly requested people I have. Always in my comments. Oh, it's like, really? please bring on Amanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you to everyone who requested me. I'm here. Yeah, yep. we are very excited to have you on. Um, so first of all, uh, I just want to say to anyone that for some reason may not have heard of Amanda here, um, Amanda is the queen of bullet journaling and <laughs> you are incredible. I, I've tried it a couple of times. I'm, I suck at it. But, you know, uh, for anyone that doesn't really know what bullet journaling is, if you want to maybe just give your aspect of what it is. Um, yeah, so I mean, I started YouTube like eight years ago, and it, it actually didn't start out with bullet journaling. It was more like fashion and DIY content. And then about four, four or five years ago, I discovered bullet journaling, and it's basically just a productivity system. Um, you just kind of need a notebook and a pen. Now it's kind of evolved. A lot of people incorporate a lot of creative things, but like the base of it is just like a productivity planning system. And um, I guess the the turning point for my channel was when I started showing more of that on my channel and like including drawings and art and all of that into the videos. How did you kind of first get into it? Was it something that you discovered online or maybe did one of your friends kind of talk to you about it? Uh, bullet journaling or YouTube? Yeah, bullet journaling. Oh, bullet journaling. Um, yeah, I was, I just discovered it on YouTube. I think I saw the, the creators, the creator of the bullet journaling system. His name is Ryder Carroll. And I happened upon his video uh, a while back and then it just seemed like something that I would have liked like I've always been a planner person going to like the stationary section of the store was my favorite part um, and I remember even growing up whenever my school would give us those like school agendas I would always try to customize it or change the cover somehow to make it a bit more creative and more personal to me so it's always been I've always been like that stationary girl the one yeah. with like the cool pens and stuff <laughs> that oh was that's awesome when I was a kid we used to have these like um we called them smelly pens and you used to just buy them I all the time those. yeah but it was always kids at school they're like oh I've got seven of these and I'm like I've only got two <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I was the one with the like that massive pencil case with way too oh. many pens unnecessary but you know, oh. I guess it brought me to where I am now. <laughs> exactly. Addiction. And I, you obviously use them all as well. I feel like so many kids had them, but didn't really use them. They just had them for the sake of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's still questionable. I definitely have an excessive stationary collection mm. now and it, I definitely don't use it all, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so what really appealed to you about um, bullet journaling in particular I mean you said that you liked obviously drawing you like to be organized and everything but what in particular kind of drew you to it more so than just like a regular journal where you can kind of doodle in the corner is it because of the customizational side of things yeah definitely and I think it was also just like a creative outlet a way for me to 
uh, include art and creativity and productivity. And I think um, it's also like a, almost like a mental health thing as well. Whenever I do it, I feel a lot more calm and relaxed and, um, you know, just taking, I think we can all just take like a couple 20 minutes, 30 minutes out of our day to do something similar, whether it's bullet journaling or not, where you are just, you know, doing something self-care just to like relax and for yourself. So I think that's also a big aspect of it. That's actually awesome. I never really viewed it like that before. I've just Mm -hmm. always been such a disorganized person and I'm always, I buy the different journals and stuff and I just never kind of stick to them. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of, I get that comment a lot. And I think because there's so much bullet journaling content on YouTube now, people I think are overwhelmed a little bit by it and think that you have to do too much especially even mine like because I've been doing it for so long now I think that's why mine can look you know sometimes I add a lot of doodles and everything but I always in my videos try to encourage people like if you're just starting out keep it simple like do what you can if it's like adding an extra burden to your life and you Mm -hmm. can't keep up then you know it's always good to like go back to basics because if you actually watch the videos where I first started bullet journaling it back in 2017 they'll look very different from what I do now and it's just because you know it just kind of alters to fit like what you need in your life some people want to focus way more on the productivity aspect some people focus more on the creativity some people focus more on the mental health benefits of it so it just really depends on on the person that's awesome yeah when I was trying bullet journaling out myself I've mentioned how you're like the queen of it and I'd kind of use some of you for inspiration (laughs) it you make it look so simple and that's what always amazes me about it like it it looks like it's simple but it's not at all like you try it yourself it's like I this looks not good I need to add more but I don't have the ideas it's more so not just about how it looks but also just having the ideas in general about things to add like you are very very creative about it and I think that's awesome but for me I just yeah you're amazing at it and I just kept mine like really simple because I knew Mm -hmm. that I just know myself if I do too much with it it's just not I'm not gonna ever stick to it so I just did it super basic and I'm hoping that's good that I I'm hoping I stick to it but I will never (laughs) be you that's for sure you're just like queen of it (laughs) (laughs) it's all I mean it's definitely just like anything takes Mm -hmm. practice like by now I have memorized the dimensions of my book and I know like the exact (laughs) dots basic for everything so like that's also an aspect of it it's just I've been doing it for so long so I can I can make like spreads kind of in my sleep (laughs) that's awesome do you like ever struggle for ideas for your monthly spreads oh yeah of course of course just like any anything um and also tying into it is like I'm a YouTuber Mm -hmm. who like shares my ideas with other people so it's very different from if I were to just bullet journal for myself like of course I would still be doing this even if it was for me but um there's that added pressure of hundreds of thousands of people watching what you create um and that's definitely been an interesting kind of aspect that plays into my bullet journal my art and my videos that maybe when I first started I didn't really have to worry as much about because there was Mm -hmm. less eyes on it but it's been an interesting journey and I'm definitely grateful that people are interested but sometimes it is a lot of pressure yeah I agree um obviously I just do art on my channel but there's always that pressure there and I always find that I sometimes struggle to make what I want to make and I found that my love for art kind of gradually faded away a little bit 
after a little bit of time because yeah. I'm like I feel f- I have to do it versus I want to do it mm-hmm. do you ever feel like that, that way yeah it's like that paradox it's the whole whenever people say like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life mm-hmm. and I just strongly disagree with that because yeah. work no matter what you do will always be work mm-hmm. um and when you do when your hobby turns into your job your relationship with that hobby yeah. will always change so that was also something that I struggled with I would say like a couple years ago and I've really had to like almost change my my mindset about it it almost felt like it almost felt like if I wasn't seeing it as a hobby and I was doing it as a job on my YouTube like it felt inauthentic Mm -hmm. but in a sense like leaning into the fact that it is my job feels more authentic than just pretending that it's like I don't know how to if I'm describing this right Mm -hmm. I kind of had a mental like a epiphany a a couple (laughs) years ago where I was just like it's okay that it's my job like it Mm -hmm. doesn't need to I don't need to do it as a hobby and a job you know like it's become something so different and I I think I was forcing myself to make it like both if that makes sense yeah um and you know sometimes sometimes because I draw so much with work in my free time I don't want to draw <laughs> anymore yeah. you know uh-huh. and I was almost in, in the mindset of like in my free time because art has always been like my passion and like my identity I was like oh my god why do I not want to draw in my free time that means I must not be authentic and like mm-hmm. I I'm not a true artist and all of that and I had all of those worries but yeah. um I think recently I've just been a lot easier on myself and like changing my mindset like you know what it is my job mm-hmm. and that's it's a really cool job but I don't need to force myself to like have to do it 24 7 in order yeah. for it to come off authentic to other people if that makes sense I know that's still something that I'm like processing and figuring out because obviously you know I'm still you know in that in that sort of journey right now but it's been an interesting progression I think from that like hobby to jobs type of thing definitely I agree entirely because I never even planned on doing anything creative whatsoever when I did YouTube and it like you say it's the hobby becomes the job and it just changes the aspect of it entirely and it's like Mm -hmm. you're so grateful and you feel like I've got to be grateful I'm so grateful for it then there's the other side of it where it's like oh I don't really want to do it today but am I a bad person for not wanting to do it because I'm so lucky that I've got this you know exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I think um once you kind of like I don't know how to describe it I just made sure to be like okay you know what it's okay with that it's my job and that way too because before when it was like my passion and my hobby I would let everything that came along with it like if there was a negative comment it would directly affect me and mm-hmm. um, because I associated with like oh art is my passion it's my hobby but now when people comment on my videos and my art and stuff like obviously it still hurts but because it's more so my job it's yeah. easier for me to separate that so I think it was really necessary for me to have that separation in terms of like, uh, this is my job so mm-hmm. that it doesn't consume a hundred percent of me. And that way, yeah. any negative parts that come with it, it's my job and it's not only me and like my identity. Yeah. yeah. That's actually a really good way to put it. It's not necessarily just like an extension of yourself. It's now separate. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's actually a really good way of, of putting it. I like that. I'll need to like implement that in my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember because I had talked a lot about this with my therapist and that I remember when that clicked I was like you know what that makes so much sense because mm-hmm. there's a time when I would let 
every thing like comments or other people's opinions let it get to me and it's still hard sometimes but Mm -hmm. when you when you just make sure to categorize that as like your job it makes it a lot easier for it to not affect you personally like that's just like that affects work me Amanda Rachel Lee but not like Amanda Lee as a person yeah I like that that's awesome um do you think that because it is your job it benefits in a way because it kind of forces you every month to do the bullet journaling thing or do you think even without the videos you would still be very stringent and do it every single month I think it's I think it's definitely the videos help helps motivate me to do it Mm -hmm. I think I would still be doing it whether I was making videos about it or not but maybe it might look a little bit different but honestly I've always been this is people always think I'm super organized and I have like all this time management skills, but I'm actually the opposite. I procrastinate a lot. So honestly, almost like having videos to do and like people expecting and waiting forces me to have better time management. I don't know. It's like kind of like this, which came first, the chicken or the egg situation where I don't really know what forces me to do what, but um, I do think having like making content and in general motivates me to create um, and to do art. So I think it's a, a good balance. That's cool. I definitely create more because of YouTube. It's mm-hmm. not, not necessarily the quality that I would make. Before YouTube, I'd make maybe like six things a year, but they'd be like very lengthy things. Whereas now That's, it's- Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you have less time to, to do it, but you get more practice in, in a sense, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, and this was, I think there's a book uh, in a book called Big Magic. Elizabeth oh, Gilbert. I love that book. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the done is better than perfect type of thing yes. where I think that's something that I've really had to embrace over the years of YouTube where it's, you know, obviously with any art thing, we would all love for it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But sometimes just the fact that you're able to finish things is better than, you know, lengthening the the creation process in which you, like you never know when you'll actually finish something or when something will be perfect. So um it's better to just like finish it create more and like yeah. honestly in that process you'll surprise yourself with what you make yeah you're full of a lot of wisdom you know that oh, thank <laughs> there's you. gonna be a lot of quotes to this I feel because you just you oh. have a lot of good advice I like it <laughs> thank you um tell me a little bit about your experience with YouTube like was your growth on YouTube pretty fast when you began doing the bullet journal thing or was it kind of a slow growing process or was it like in bits and do you think it's because you were so niche with the bullet journal related stuff and like the illustration that it helped to propel your channel? Yeah, I think there was a couple of different eras on my channel. And honestly, in general, I wouldn't say there was a moment where I just like overnight blew mm-hmm. up and became viral, which I mm-hmm. honestly prefer it that way. I think it's helped me keep like a, a, head on my sh- a good head on my shoulders. I feel like I'm relatively normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope. Um, but yeah it's just like see other other youtubers who have grown overnight like almost gone viral and i just cannot imagine dealing with that type of stress yeah so i started in 2013 which is a lot this is my eighth year Mm -hmm. um so it's been a while and i started when i was 14 years old so i was uh grade nine in high school yeah so i'm i'm 22 now so it's been like almost 
almost half of my life I've been on YouTube. Um, but when I first started, like I mentioned, I was doing mostly fashion, DIY, makeup stuff, and it really wasn't consistent. Like I was just, as I mentioned, I was in high school, so I was just doing it for fun, honestly, keeping it a secret from everyone. <laughs> um, yep. like maybe once a month videos type of thing. Um, and the DIYs were actually probably the most popular videos on my channel at that time. And then near the end of high school, I think I had reached, I think I didn't even reach 100,000 by then. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe I did, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I was kind of at like that mid range where um, I wasn't sure whether I'd be able to take it full time or not. Mm -hmm. So then after high school, oh, I went to an art program in high school, by the way, where I was doing like visual arts. Nice. So after high school, I had ended up going to a business school um, and then I was kind of like missing that creative element in my life because in high school, I was drawing every day mm -hmm. and all of that. And I knew as soon as I got to business school, I was like, I don't, I don't think this is for yeah. me. So I ended up leaving uh, school and taking a year off with the intentions of going back to a more creative program in the following year. Mm -hmm. And then in that year off, that's when I was like, you know what, I'm just going to really focus on YouTube. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing else to do while I'm waiting for the next uh, next school year to start. So that's when I did YouTube more consistently, posted weekly. Um, and that's also around the time that I started integrating art more into my channel. So it actually right. started more so with art, not really like bullet journaling. I started doing a bit more drawing videos and then I discovered bullet journaling included it on my channel people wanted to see more of it, but I still wouldn't say that it was like overnight growth. It was more mm -hmm. still gradual. So definitely yeah. the bullet journal videos and how niche it was helped with like the growth and everything. And obviously at some point people were just really interested in that. So I kind of switched mm -hmm. the content over to only art videos and bullet journaling videos and stuff like that. Um, and that was around four years ago. Um, and then from there, like I started incorporating more art stuff, more lifestyle mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and bullet journaling, but I would say just in general, it's like a really state steady growth. Uh, I only hit a million like two two years ago, so mm -hmm. that was about six years into the into the channel. Right. So, yeah. I feel like that slow growth is the way that you create longevity too. Yes. Because definitely people... it was... Oh, sorry. Continue. No, you're fine. Um, it kind of gradually gets there, but people kind of stick with you all the time, and then you just have that kind of like say you stay you stay relative to people people can feel they relate to you and I just feel like that's the best way to get longevity and mm -hmm. you know when channels do blow up so much if ever in the future it doesn't happen anymore it's like the you know the higher you go the harder it is to fall you know yeah so. I definitely think that helped me build an actual community yes um and I always say like this kind of applies to everything, but like the faster you were, wow, I am really full of a, a lot of like random wisdom, <laughs> but, but like the faster you rise, it's like the quicker you fall, the harder you mm -hmm. fall type of thing. So um, I would, and I've seen that with a lot of channels, like I I would, I really liked the way that my channel grew because yeah. it felt very natural. And like you said, you know, you build a more long-term connection with your viewers mm -hmm. so now I feel very close with my viewers and my community and that's something I'm really grateful for because yeah. they they have been coming back to my channel you know week to week month to month and it's kind of like that you know consistent back and forth relationship and I feel like I can we can both rely on each other so that's been something 
that I've, I'm really proud that we were like I was able to develop that with them. Now this episode is kindly sponsored by Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne and other skincare problems seriously. Now I've actually been using Apostrophe for myself for Retin-A for probably about a year and a half now. I am getting to that age where I just want to start taking better care of my skin in the form of anti-aging because prevention is always more effective than remedying it when it's already happened. So essentially, Apostrophe is this awesome board-certified dermatologist online, so no physical in-person appointments. Your prescription skincare treatment is shipped directly to your door, and as somebody who hasn't left the house since March 2020, this is awesome for me. Now they have a huge range of skincare products and services they can offer, whether it's for anti-aging to help wrinkles, acne, dark spots, reducing redness, and more. Normally you have to see a doctor, sit in line at a pharmacy and wait for your prescription, which is pain but apostrophe is your dermatologist online you fill out the questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history take selfies of your skin and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored for you they offer both topical and oral medications as well my mom was actually the one that recommended retin-a and apostrophe to me and my mum looks like my sister so i was obviously going to take skincare advice from her my dermatologist got back to me very quickly with my treatment plan and it was shipped to me and arrived within the span of a week also have it auto shipped to me every three months so when i run out i always have a new bottle the best part is i didn't have to call or talk to anyone on the phone now my skin has improved significantly since i've been using it it's much smoother and any fine lines that like to make an appearance on my face it shuts it down no they go away the dehydration or anti-aging aspect is just it looks much better to get started go to apostrophe.com paintwater and click begin visit then use the code paintwater at sign up and you'll get 15 dollars off your dermatology visit that's apostrophe.com paintwater and thank you so much to apostrophe for sponsoring today's podcast you definitely have a very beautiful community like it's very positive and uplifting whenever i you know see your instagram posts or if ever i'm like watching one of your videos that you just have a lovely community and you know you deserve it because you you work hard and you know you've been there throughout and they've been there with you so i just think that's awesome that's actually whenever other youtubers like notice that and comment on that that's what makes me the most proud because yeah yeah we all know how nasty the internet can be yeah and like i'm not saying i get no hate like definitely get some hate yeah but like that just comes with having a large audience but i would say for the most part for how large my community is mm-hmm. it is overwhelmingly positive and i'm so grateful for that because i i'm a fragile human i would not be able to deal <laughs> with like toxic yeah right yeah yeah well uh first of all as well congratulations because you just hit two million subscribers oh, thank you yeah, yeah that's, crazy. that's it's so exciting um who would you say brand wise has been or I say who what brands in particular do you think have been the most fun to work with or what brands would you like to work with in the future um I think there's a couple different levels to this and I think a lot of youtubers would agree there's the brands that you're you're like you just enjoy working with Mm -hmm. because they're super easy to work Mm -hmm. with and like you know there's always those like those brands that are that are a little picky and those ones are not fun to work with. mm -hmm. Um, So there are just like long-term brands that have really helped me and like supported me throughout my channel, like Skillshare. Mm -hmm. And I think they really fit with what I do on my channel. We've created a lot of exclusive content for their platform. And then they've helped me with like, with sponsoring my videos as well. So I just really like that we're able to do something different than just like a plug on my channel. Like I'm Mm -hmm. able to create content for their 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 platform and it's exclusive and we actually um we filmed something this year and it was a really fun like set day so 
that when, whenever you're able to do something a little bit different than the typical like shout out, I mm-hmm. think that's always super fun. Um, another brand that I really liked working with this year was it was Samsung. We did a lot of cool things nice. with that. And I did like a lot of drawing stuff and we ended up doing something for the Emmys that ended up going on the t- on TV during a commercial. So no that was way. super cool. That's so cool. Congratulations. Yeah, that was really cool. Thank you. So yeah, whenever 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 like brands do things and go out of the way, their way to make sure that a brand deal really fits with the creator or that it's really unique, that's when I enjoy it the most because then it's not just like I'm filling up their their number quota for views because they can get that with pretty much yeah. under any creator. But whenever I notice that a brand puts in the work to like make sure that the creator fits their campaign and what they're looking for, that's when I'm like, wow, they actually care. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I agree entirely. It's so important when they kind of put in the, the effort. Because obviously it's yeah. a lot of effort on our part as well. But you can always tell when they put effort in to build like a relationship, a working relationship. Um, yeah. I love Skillshare too. They've supported me so many times. I think I've done about 35 sponsored videos with them over the last <laughs> few years. Yeah. But um, your bullet journal class on Skillshare is awesome. I actually recommended it in either my oh, last cool. video or the video before when I was working with Skillshare. I was like, check out Amanda's Village Journal. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So. They really are the best. And I think in terms of like brands supporting independent artists, especially mm-hmm. have been kind of a, a pioneer in that because um, it's just like from both ends, like the creator's side, they support the creator's platform and then the creators support them by helping them with content. It's just a cool mm-hmm. relationship in general. And honestly, like I actually really like the platform too. Like I've taken a couple of classes. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just great. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I love, it. I, I literally use Skillshare before I even started working with them. And yeah. I just, my brother uses it as well. He's like, well, uses my account. He's like, I'm going to learn stuff about this or that. So it's helpful. <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored not by sponsored Skillshare. Skillshare. <laughs> not sponsored by Skillshare. i email them now. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you ever, and every YouTuber I talk to either struggles with this or not at all. Um, do you ever struggle with YouTube when it comes to things like views or like the algorithm changes? Is it something that you ever worry about in regards to that because some people do or some people are just like meh it is what it is uh this one's tough and I think I think I used to worry about it a lot more mm-hmm. I still do and I think any youtuber unless they're really like have don't yeah. really care we all care about it in some way yeah. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um and, but I, I used to stress over it a, a lot more, I guess, than usual, uh, than I do now, I mean. Um, but I think now I'm at, at this point where, like I mentioned, I don't, I don't want to go viral and like mm-hmm. blow up and have 10 million subscribers. Like that's not what I yeah. want from YouTube. And, you know, I've been on this platform for eight years. So I feel like you know, I've kind of done a lot of things. So honestly, what I just want is to have fun and and enjoy posting content and connect with people. And I'm honestly just grateful that people have stuck for stuck around for that long. Mm -hmm. So this one's tough. Like I do care in that, like, obviously, if a video doesn't do as well as I expect that that's when you're like, Oh, like, I expected this to do a little bit better. But it's not like I let that stop me from creating that content anymore it's more Mm -hmm. so just like a mental note of like okay that 
didn't do as well. Like maybe I'll just change something up in the future or right. da, 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 da. but I don't let it directly affect like my self-worth if that's yeah. what you're asking. Yeah. That's good. Um, You're definitely a good example of somebody that's built that. Like I said, you obviously have the longevity, but you do have a longevity on YouTube and some channels do, you know, unfortunately just kind of die after a while but you've definitely been someone that stayed so relevant throughout the years because you keep up with the trends or you keep up with just being yourself and building your quality content and not you know letting up on it so I think it's very admirable oh thank you yeah I think I think um it's it's always that balance like when you when you stick to the trends too much then it's like you know when that trend dies out then you like where do you go from there yeah um but if you don't if you don't catch up with the trends enough, then it's like you don't gain the new, the newer people. Um, So it's, it's an interesting balance. And obviously with all the YouTube algorithm changes, you know, you kind of have to keep up with that as well. Like Mm -hmm. the platform looks way different than when I first started eight (laughs) years ago. Um, But it's been interesting. I think actually recently I've been enjoying the algorithm. I know a lot of people complain about it, but Mm -hmm. personally I find I've discovered so many new YouTubers. I mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people were frustrated with like the sub boxes and notifications and not everything, you know. But mm-hmm. like personally, I found that like, you know, the suggested videos have been like very on point with what I want to watch. Mm-hmm. And I've discovered a lot of new people. So when I think about it as a consumer of YouTube content, I I like the algorithm. And I think that's really mm-hmm. important too when you're a creator is to actually be a consumer of the platform. Yes like genuinely because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't and you can tell when they're not yeah you need to know what if you would want to watch it would other people want you know I agree entirely um I would say oh sorry no no I I talk a lot no you're fine (laughs) it's great for Um, podcasts (laughs) I would say like I consume almost as much YouTube content as I do like making it Mm -hmm. so uh that's why I think I've I still am on YouTube and still, you know, enjoy Mm -hmm. it and all of that. And I think that's really important because a lot of people, once they start making YouTube content, they'll stop watching it. And then that's when you kind of become out of touch with your audience and the culture on on the internet in general. Absolutely. Do you kind of watch content similar to the content that you make or do you watch content that's (laughs) totally different? Yeah, Yeah. I watch, I mean, obviously I'll watch a couple of things here and there, but I watch content that's totally different. And I think for any artist, that's really important because all of your references and anything, your own style and who you are as a human is just built up of like all the media and like Mm -hmm. references that you consume. So um, yeah, I I consume a lot of different content and it's definitely not all like bullet journaling or Mm -hmm. art content. That's good. I think that's important too. I... Mm -hmm feel that I spend so much time making my own content I get kind of bored of the art content so I look for stuff outside of it I mean there's still a couple of friends that I I religiously watch to support them and more so than anything more so than watching art content I look at it for like a point of reference just to see what's going around and what's you know what's relevant right now but other times I look at other communities and videos that I like to watch and then I try to see is there a way that I can you know put that into the the art community a little bit you know like I look at the beauty community and I don't watch it too much but sometimes I'll get some really good suggestions of creative ideas they've had so then I'm like hmm can I do that with art supplies <laughs> right so it's almost more so like looking at the video format for inspiration yes, rather than exactly. like the actual 
that's the actual it. content itself yeah exactly yeah so i always think that's quite fun um your instagram is also very very big as well is that something that you managed to grow because of youtube or was it there beforehand or is it just obviously it's such an essential tool to have with like your business and everything that you you mm-hmm. sell now with your journals um how have you grown that to be you know where it is alongside how big your youtube is too yeah that was actually a very conscious effort mm-hmm. um so a while back i actually had separated my Instagram because I was in that weird phase of like I had switched from beauty and fashion to art Mm -hmm. um there was that weird transition period where uh, I wasn't sure whether like my all of my audience would want to see the art stuff or all of like who would want to see what so at the beginning I had initially switched my Instagram to being I had an Amanda Rachel one which was just like all my lifestyle stuff and then I had Amanda Rachel doodles which was only my art stuff um and then eventually, because obviously the art stuff got more popular on my channel, Amanda H. Doodles grew bigger than Amanda H. Lee. So then I made the decision to actually merge the two and only have Amanda H. Lee. And that's where all of my content, whether it be like lifestyle or art, was mm-hmm. on it. That was still like, that was still like four years ago. So everything was smaller. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, Instagram is a really important tool for growth and for your business and for artists, especially. And I think with YouTubers, especially a lot of people see it only as a way to promote their, their YouTube videos. Like I'll see a lot of YouTubers who will only post Instagram when they post a new YouTube video and be like, check out my new YouTube video where it's like, if someone is dedicated enough to your content to follow you on Instagram, they probably already have notifications on or yeah. are subscribed to you. So they don't need to see the same thumbnail no. they posted on Instagram and you telling them to go watch the YouTube video because they're on Instagram, you know? Yeah. So I really do make a conscious effort to like post additional content on Instagram that's completely separate from YouTube. Mm-hmm. And even if it doesn't necessarily promote my YouTube, that's totally fine Mm -hmm. because I'd rather have it there for visibility purposes. Um, Actually, at one point, there was a large portion of my Instagram audience that didn't even know I had a YouTube channel. Wow. Um, Yeah. So um, like a good example of this is when I do like my bullet journal videos on YouTube, um, it's only like the monthly beginning of the month setups. But then at the beginning, I did weekly live streams on YouTube for every weekly spread. Um, And that's content they could only get on Instagram. So there was like almost a motivation for people to follow me on Instagram. So like if they wanted to see how the rest of the bullet journal setup turned out, you know, they had to go to Instagram. Um, I don't do Instagram live streams anymore, Mm -hmm. just in case anyone (laughs) just because like live streaming on Instagram is kind of weird. But I still post like the weekly spreads there. I do the live streams on Twitch now. Um, But yeah, I think cross-platform being active on a lot of different platforms and not just like the same reposting the same content mm-hmm. is really important because yeah I, and I think Instagram is a really great place for you to like find or for your audience to find you and for them to keep up with your daily life as well so yeah it's been a really conscious I'm actually kind of impressed that you noticed that because it's mm-hmm. been a really conscious effort of mine to like really focus on growing them separately as two different things yeah absolutely you you provide a lot of value both on youtube and instagram as well and something i noticed is you do a lot of reels now and they Mm. do really well because they're so they're very addictive to watch 
And I mean, like, I'm not even trying to draw those things. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to watch this one. It's, <laughs> it's so satisfying well, I, to watch. Yeah. That, was a, that was something where it's like, honestly, any creator now, if you're a creator, you can kind of clue into what Instagram is pushing on people mm-hmm. based on the platform changes. Whether you like it or not, you can tell what they're pushing. Um, you know, we all have seen the buttons move different places recently. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, like, when you go to the Discover page, it's like all reels. So yeah, you that's can take big. that as kind of like clues of what to yeah. post. Um, but they are just kind of fun to post also. Like I've really fallen down the TikTok hole as well. And I enjoy that yep. platform too. Um, and I think a lot of creators, me included, when when TikTok was first coming up, there was a lot of resistance to it because it's like, oh my God, another platform to yep. keep up with. Mm-hmm. And I was that person too that was like, oh, it's all these 12-year-olds dancing yep. on TikTok. <laughs> and then once you actually get into you get the addicted. culture, like you get addicted. I'm like, this is fun. This yeah. is a cool <laughs> platform. It has its own it has its own culture and vibe and just like YouTube, you actually have to be a consumer of it in order mm-hmm. to enjoy it and to create good content that is authentic. So once I started doing that, obviously like reels and TikTok, it's kind of like intertwined. So yeah, um, yeah I really enjoyed doing that too. Yeah, you've done such a great job with both of them. Do you ever find it difficult? Like I personally find it quite difficult to keep up with YouTube and Instagram at the same time, because I'm like, again, it's that Oh, I don't want to repost the same stuff. And then I'm like, well, I could chop down this video to make it shorter. But then I'm like, maybe I should make something original, but I don't know what it should be. But I've noticed how reels are good. And I'm just trying to, in my mind, figure out how I can utilize reels to be, mm-hmm. to provide value. Like, you know, you provide a lot of value. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I like, trust me, I feel you where I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how many platforms I can. There's always something that like mm-hmm. lacks behind. Yeah. And in your head, you're like, oh, I just wish everything I could put the same amount of effort into all of yeah. it. But I think that's another thing. And I, I've i noticed this with a lot of my YouTuber friends too. I'm like, I tell them, you know, you're doing enough. Like, don't stress yourself mm-hmm. out too much. And I try to tell, tell that to myself too. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's awesome. Especially now you do Twitch too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so, much, so much in, fun. So yeah. Much fun. I need to start watching some of your live streams. I'm just so bad at keeping up with everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that's. Twitch was actually, I actually started Twitch because I was so stressed out with everything else, um, which is interesting. was like, why would you start another platform if you're stressed out with everything? Mm -hmm. But it's because it's so minimal effort. Like I just turn on the camera and you're just kind of done after that one hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually a lot of people, especially artists or YouTubers will film while they're doing Twitch and then they'll like edit down whatever they did on Twitch and that's like their main YouTube video. So I think that's like a really cool workflow that could yeah. be really efficient for some people. That's um, But yeah, I do Twitch weekly or I do like twice a week on Twitch. So it's only like a couple hours per week and mm-hmm. there's no editing, which is like, you yes. already know, that's mm-hmm. the longest part of any YouTube yep. videos. So. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about your journals too yeah sure because they're so awesome when did you kind of know that you wanted to make your own journals was it something that someone approached you about or was it something you planned and you kind of researched manufacturers or how did you kind of start that whole process um so pretty much like a year or two in to bullet journaling content on youtube like i already knew that this was something that i wanted to make because there were so many people who were commenting on my on my videos or like what supplies to use one Mm -hmm. do you sell these you should sell these 
I don't have time to make any of these. I wish you would sell like all of those mm -hmm. types of comments. So I was kind of like, it was kind of an idea in my, in my head, but I knew that if I did it, I would really want to do it right. Yeah. And I've seen so many creator merch that is just kind of like meh. And yeah, yeah there's a lot of third party merch companies out there. Uh, you probably know like all of them where you can just like send in an image and they'll just kind of yeah. like print it on anything and you just don't know the quality you have yeah. no control and I've also had a lot of companies reach out to me of, of like me doing a collaboration with them mm -hmm. and stuff so there is pros and cons of both in that like you know some have smaller startup costs some there's you know you have more creative control but I think the best option for me was really just starting from scratch and especially for like what I wanted to create. So it took me a couple of years to really get it going. Mm -hmm. um, like I mentioned, the idea with first was like planted in my mind in, I want to say like 20, end of 2017, early 2018. Mm -hmm. And I really put it into motion like 2019. Uh, I discovered, like, like you said, I put it, did all the research and we eventually created it. And but yeah, the, the model that I have is more so it's basically just a small business because it's not a collaboration with any mm -hmm. brand or anything. Like I do everything myself on the back end. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> it was definitely a lot of work. They're actually right here. I know um, I was saying them, they're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we have, so the first launch was for the 2020 Doodle Planner, which was a planner mixed with a coloring book mixed with the journal it basically had all of my drawings with no color in them like the black and white outlines mm -hmm. and it's a planner and you can color in the doodles for like a little bit of creativeness and it has like some layouts and stuff like that and then we also have like blank dotted notebooks and then recently we came out with washi tapes as well as and then this year we launched a 2021 doodle planner so it's our second year that's so awesome year, yeah. I would love to see your journals in places like Target or bookstores or anything like that. Do you think <laughs> oh, you, like, maybe. you could get into something like that? Because that'd be so cool. That is like a whole other... I haven't even ventured into that world yet uh -huh. because honestly, right now, like even just direct to customer is so stressful. Oh, yeah. Um, But that would probably be... Actually, that would probably be less stressful because, you know, I would probably need there would be people like taking over that but it's definitely something that's a possibility obviously be really cool but mm -hmm. I think right now I'm just focusing on creating like really good quality products that people want to see and I'm lucky enough that I have an audience so you know there are really they're really interested in like what products I create so I do take that with like a really big sense of responsibility mm -hmm. and I don't want to just shove out like anything and try to get it to the most people out there because that's not the point of like I'm not just trying to sell as many as I can so yeah um, I'm really excited to create more just like different merch products because I think there's so many of the same youtuber merch out there yeah, so I'm I just agree. trying to come out with like different stuff it's awesome um I don't take up too much of your time but I have a couple of questions for you that people submitted yeah, sure. Um, the first By the one way, is there's a really cool rainbow on your face oh. right now. <laughs> on my face. Like, yeah. I have like um a film on my window because it's like right at the front of my house and there's no curtain here because it's like an arch. So at nighttime I can come in here and not worry about weirdos like looking in the window. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, this is very aesthetic. I love that. <laughs> it goes on the carpet too, and I think I've got stains on it, and I realise it's just the window film. <laughs> um 
someone asks how do you find motivation for your themes and how do you kind of think about the themes uh for each month yeah i, I get this question a lot i think mm-hmm. um when i first started pinterest was obviously like a really big source of inspiration mm-hmm. but at this point now i've been doing it for so long this this coming year is going to be my fifth year of bullet journaling mm-hmm. so i've seen a lot of the same like pinterest stuff so and now even to <sighs> I don't mean to sound I don't want to sound like salty or anything but if I do anything that's remotely related to someone else people like, say you know cooking. how yeah and you know how intense yeah. like the art community can get about like credit and I think credit is so so important but mm-hmm. I sometimes really have the same ideas you know yeah some exactly and I think sometimes people get attacked for no reason yeah um and that goes both ways. I've seen some of my viewers even like uh, comment on other people's stuff that saying that they've like copied from my channel. And I'm, and it's like, I don't know. Let's just all be nice. I, give credit where credit's due. There's no need for like attacking and stuff. And the whole point is like, I think you've probably seen this quote too. It's like, oh, yeah. steal like an artist, you know, like everyone's mm-hmm. inspired by everyone. Um, and at some point, it's kind of like, where is the original inspo even from, exactly. right? Um, but anyway, because of that, I think it has kind of subconsciously forced me to like not go on Pinterest because I just mm-hmm. don't want, I just want to avoid all of that. Yeah. So now I don't really go on Pinterest that much for my ideas. Um, oh, I, I, I'm really afraid of people taking my words out of context. So <laughs> if I really appreciate that people are like, protecting my work and like they do sometimes there are really valid ones where like they genuinely are copying my work and not giving credit Mm -hmm. but I think the ones where I'm like it's fine is where it's like they've given credit it's totally fine like you know or sometimes there's not enough of a connection so yeah just (laughs) I'm I'm terrified of the internet if that's not already apparent um anyway um yeah so I don't I don't go on Pinterest that much but I think where I get my inspiration now is just like everything in my daily life things that I actually enjoy like recently I've been doing a lot of themes of stuff that I just do in my daily life like in November I was really addicted to playing Among Us so then that eventually transformed into an Among Us bullet journal theme Mm -hmm. Um, in August I did like a Studio Ghibli theme because those are some of the films that have really formed me as an artist and I love them as a child growing up yeah I did uh, what else did I do? A coronavirus yeah. theme. <laughs> I have not done that. Um, although you would be surprised at the weird requests that I get for themes. Oh, really? Um, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things. But yeah, I just kind of like, if I, I do things that kind of feel authentic to me at, at the time, and I really try to come up with different ideas, mm-hmm. I can hope. that They're very creative. Thank you. Yeah. They're really good. I, that, that's kind of what takes the longest part of, of me filming is just kind of sitting there coming up with like different ideas because it would be so easy for me to kind of just spew out more of the same thing like that I have done but I really especially this past year I really forced myself to experiment with a lot of different styles that's awesome yeah I really liked um there was one with like brow I feel like it's like internet browser windows I think you did or something like that yeah. it's like I really like that theme that was very oh, creative thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome um 
let's see. I'm going to ask one more question, then I'll let you live your day. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, what are your favorite color combinations and styles to do in your bullet journal? Color combos. I love anything pastel. I think mm. anything pastel and neutral. Sometimes I have to force myself to use more color. Um, but like my favorite color combination right now is like pink and like a sage minty green. Ooh, like a I light love pink. mint green. Yeah. yeah. More of like a, maybe like a pistachio green. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like more on the green side, but like a, a light coral pink and, and green. That's my favorite color oh. combo right now. Or like anything beige toned I love. Awesome. Well, um, that'll be it for the questions, but um, thank you so much for joining me today, Amanda. It was lovely talking to you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, and if you want to let everyone know your Instagram and YouTube stuff. <laughs> yeah, so my YouTube channel is Amanda Rach Lee, and so is my Instagram. It's Amanda, R-A-C-H-L-E-E. -E. Uh, and then I also, like I mentioned, do Twitch streams. So that's also Amanda Rach Lee. Basically just the same username everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, I just do a lot of art stuff and lifestyle stuff and bullet journaling. So come Aww. hang out. It's pretty chill, wholesome, Aww. positive vibes. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you again, Amanda, for joining me. Um, and I'll hopefully speak to you again soon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs>